0: This week on Art in the Air features Lou Shields, a musician and artist reviving traditional front porch Americana-style music with his solo performance, sharing songs from his newest album, Calico Blue, released June 2021. Our spotlight is on artists Nancy Nato-Cassidy and Kevin Firm discussing their June exhibit opening at the Ellen Firm Gallery on US-12 in Beverly Shores.
1: Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Mary, art on the air today. Stay in the know with Mary and Esther, art on the air our way. Express yourself, you and show the world your heart. Express yourself, you and show the world your heart.
0: Welcome, you're listening to Art on the Air on WVLP 103.1 FM and Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM, our weekly program covering arts and arts events throughout Northwest Indiana and beyond. I'm Larry Breckner of New Perspectives Photography, right alongside here with Esther Golden of The Nest in Michigan City.
2: Aloha, everyone.
0: We're your hosts for Art on the Air. Art on the Air is supported by an Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project grant through South Shore Arts and the National Endowment for the Arts. Art in the Air streams live at wvlp.org and is rebroadcast on Monday at 5 p.m. Plus is also heard on Lakeshore Public Radio, 89.1 FM, every Sunday at 7 p.m., also streaming live at lakeshorepublicradio.org and is available on Lakeshore Public Radio's website as a podcast. Our spotlight interviews are also heard Wednesdays on Lakeshore Public Radio. Information about Art in the Air is available at our website, breck.com slash AOTA. That's breck, B-R-E-C-H dot com slash A-O-T-A. That includes a complete show archive, Spotlight interviews, plus our show is available on multiple podcast platforms, including NPR One. Please like us on Facebook, Art on the Air, WVLP, for information about upcoming shows and interviews. And we'd like to welcome to Art on the Air Spotlight, someone who's been with us before about her new exhibit opening at the Ellen Firm Gallery, 92 U.S. 12 in Beverly Shores, Uh, Nancy Nato Cassidy. And along with her is Kevin Firm from that gallery. Thank you to Art on the Air Spotlight.
2: So wonderful to have you on. Thank you for
3: inviting us. This is great.
0: Thank you. Well, Kevin, tell us briefly first about the gallery, but then we'll get on to the exhibit, you know, where it is and uh, where you're located and uh, kind of what you're doing there.
2: It's, it's beautiful because it was dedicated to his mother, so, you know, please talk about that.
4: Yeah. Oh, thanks. thanks. Yeah,
2: she was so wonderful and instrumental in our area, and I was so happy that you named the gallery for her.
4: She was a great supporter of the arts, and and uh, she would collect art, too, and um, we uh, uh, opened it in her name. She was still alive, and um, she was uh, bedridden, and I was able to carry her and put her into the gallery for the first opening, and <laughs> she was on meds, and she wanted uh, some wine, and I said, well, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> She would fall or something, or I would never get her back in the car, but, um, she enjoyed it. She likes openings. and uh, It was a lot of fun, but I'm glad she could see it at our first show. And then she didn't, she passed shortly after that. So that was nice. Um, we're doing exhibits of local artists, uh, um, to feature work and also bring people in from the community to see the work and, uh, if they have mailing lists to bring those collectors in that they have for, or that they know. So um, people can see work and see their work and um, uh, enjoy it. And um, it's just a, uh, gives a means of support to uh, the, the artists that need it <laughs> and everybody needs it. So
2: the art, uh, you know, it's also part of your art supply. It's a, it's an annex to your art supply company, which has been a staple in the area for decades and decades.
4: Yeah, we started a long time ago. 72, I think we built a building down, down the road, and we moved into this place. We we overgrew it and we moved into this place. We're now at um, in 82, so we've been here quite a while. It's um, 92 West Highway 12, um, just to the west of the stoplight in Beverly Shores, or the train station is located and the train station we've been coordinating with the depot to have our openings at the same time, usually have them on the second Friday. So we plan to do that. And we will, we do that, uh, through the, through our season, um, to so people can go back and forth.
2: You picked a phenomenal artist to reopen after this pandemic. Uh, my, uh, good friend Nancy. So Nancy, can you uh, can you tell us about the work in this exhibit? Is this all current work? Yeah, I
3: think the oldest piece in this show is 2019, and so I would say it's fairly current. Most of it is from during the pandemic. Um, there's a piece that I love that I did, in an art sabbatical that I gave myself. In Joshua Tree, California, in last March. So, right literally two weeks before COVID hit and before everything was shut down, I was out in Joshua Tree um, bouldering and hiking and painting. And so, one of the pieces is called Desert Radiance, and that's from there. And then, most of the other pieces were done afterwards here um, for the last over the last course of the year.
2: Can you describe your work a little bit? It's-
3: uh, yeah, I would say it's really, uh, I do have, have a couple of pieces that are um, monotone-ish, um, done with um, homemade charcoal and pine needles. And it's very, my work's very nature-oriented at this point, and, um, but it's also very color, very rich, intense, high-key color. Um, I I tend to see, even within the browns of the winter, when I really look at them, I start seeing the layers of color that make up the browns. So it might be, there might be deep purples in the browns or blues or, or they might have yellow tones. And so I tend to push those colors more. And so they become pretty intense color uh, stories. And for me, color is energy, it's vibration. It, um, between the color and then the shapes. Of nature, especially out here with the big oak trees and the prairies and the dunes and the lake, all of that kind of rolling, twisting shapes, mashed together with the color, it all makes me want to move. I I literally feel it in my body from my fingers all the way down to my toes and back out again. And so it just makes me want to dance and to move and to dance the paint, like dance the pigment and make the shapes with my body. You'll see me. I mean, I try not to do this when anybody's watching, but if I'm hiking through the dunes, I will actually kind of mimic or um, take the shapes of the trees and the branches and and use that through my body. and, And I think that that ends up In how I paint.
0: Well, we uh, have to wrap it up there, Nancy. Nancy Nato-Cassidy's exhibit, uh, which opened on June 11th, running through the entire summer at the Ellen Firm Gallery, 92 U.S. 12 in uh, uh, Beverly Shores. Thank you so much for being on Art on the Air Spotlight. You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP, 103.1 FM, and on Lakeshore Public Radio, 89.1 FM. like to welcome to Art in the Air, someone who continues the tradition of American music with a solo performance, pulls cool styles of music that are days days and by, who uses a 1931 National Resonator, banjo, uh, kind of a front porch style of foot percussion, and uh, just a whole variety of things like that. And we we'd like to welcome to Art in the Air, Lou Shields, who is not only a musician, but also an artist. Lou, welcome to the show.
5: Hey there, thanks for having me.
0: On. Uh, we'd like you to tell us a little bit about your origin story, how you got from where you were to where you are now, just kind of growing up, where you went to school, uh, things like that that are even not necessarily music related.
5: Well, I grew up uh, south of Chicago in the <coughs> um, kind of far south suburbs and then eventually uh, a little bit out beyond there um, and uh, spent a lot of time in the cornfields, you know, growing up as a kid. And uh, eventually I... I uh, Got to go to college, luckily, and, and I did community college, and then I moved on and uh, graduated from Governor State University, and and eventually made it to Northern Illinois University and did an MFA there in uh, art, you know, painting, and uh, music was always also a main passion of mine, kind of music and art have always gone back and forth, so I spent a lot of my life uh, learning that kind of thing, learning all those little disciplines and theories and then trying to forget them all, you know, as they say.
2: (laughs) So when did you start, when did you first pick up an instrument and what was that? Was that elementary school?
5: Yeah, when I was a kid, you know, I had this uh, kind of half broken guitar that was floating around the house, you know, and I just used to hold it, you know, and and try to make the strings move and things. But I I really didn't know much about the thing other than that it was pretty cool. And I could sit there and put the Elvis eight track in my parents, you know, tape deck and, and pretend I was Elvis for a while, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and, uh, um, I, I picked it up again, probably like a little later in life, maybe 14, 15 years old. And then, uh, you know, I, I really didn't get super serious about it until probably in my early twenties or something. Actually, I was kind of a late bloomer. So I, was it good?
2: Gu- was it guitar
5: specifically? Yeah, or? A lot of guitar. Um, I didn't really have much lessons, uh, As a kid, for for music in terms of like horn or something like that, clarinet or whatever. Um, But uh, you know, once once I got into my late teens, I I really really realized that I needed to be doing music somehow. And uh, once I finally got a little more control of my life, I began uh, getting lessons and you know doing things my you know in the way that I wanted to learn. So it was kind of a late bloom.
2: (laughs) And so the skateboarding did that come in in the teenage years as well, or was that an older?
5: Yes, the it was around, you know, too, there was always there was like an old, you know, uh, uh, fiberglass board floating around leftover from the 70s that my parents probably bought. And that was my, you know, kind of butt cruiser as a little kid, you know, and then I eventually learned how to skate on it. And I rode I rode the you know, skateboards for quite some time in my life, you know, much earlier than music, you know, so I did that for a long, long time and still try to get on there. <laughs> break my hip, you know?
0: <laughs> you know, Lou, I'd like to probably explore something uh, about your art. So, I mean, you're also an artist. We'll explore your music later, but uh, tell us a little about that. You actually had a gallery, I think, and you know, tell us a little about your art journey and maybe what art you do.
5: Yeah, well, uh, you know, after grad school, um, I was lucky enough to score a professor job teaching art um, in the South Suburbs, and I uh, moved to Chicago, and I lived in the city for about, five years, something like that. And for about two of those years, I had a gallery in Pilsen and uh, it was called EXP Gallery on 18th Street in Halstead. And uh, they had some really nice uh, first Friday, I think it was first or second Friday openings. uh, And, you know, hundreds of people would come down and and it was like a big party down there. It was really cool. And so I would have a new show every month uh, in the gallery. And a lot of it were, were friends that I Went to grad school with and you know they were either just finishing or had just finished and we're trying to get you know a, a show in chicago and all that and i knew how important that was for your resume so i was like hey come on out put your stuff up we'll have a party get people out you know and, and and that was a lot of fun you know so uh i did that for for about two years and uh had a bunch of shows met a lot of folks and had some fun i'm not the great greatest salesman or business person <laughs> so it was more you know People were coming down and drinking wine and hanging out and listening to music and enjoying art, which was probably more what it should have been anyway. You know, so we had a lot of fun. When when was that? What years? It was around, I want to say around 2004 to seven or something, ish, something like that, something around that around that time.
0: Now, Lou, uh, tell us, uh, you're now, uh, at least now with COVID, and we'll talk more about how that's influenced you, but you're living in a wood uh, cabin that you've salvaged. And so tell us about that and living kind of off the grid, so to speak, and working with wood and things like that.
5: Yeah, this is an off-grid cabin, um, and it it actually was built out of salvaged materials. This room was actually added when the Amish were living here. So they actually, for some reason, put drywall in this room, the, the previous owner. Uh, but the, uh, the lady that uh, lived in this house along with her husband, uh, I guess she wanted to do her looming in this room. And so this was a, a back porch originally, so they enclosed it and put stuff up in there. But uh, the rest of the cabin is actually all wood and barn wood and, you know, uh, this and that. Every, every piece of it was from some other place, believe it or not, uh, which is pretty cool and uh when i bought it it was kind of uh just needed a little work you know but the guts were there and uh, so about six years now i've been here and uh, i've been working on it and you know i put a solar uh small solar system in and water catchment system for my garden and uh, uh all kinds of different things that have been going on around here you know pretty in- much every week including <laughs> your
0: own outhouse right is that
5: <laughs> yeah well yeah yeah yep yeah. you know got to do the the deeds you know <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: that's for sure and so, uh june is that a good place for you to uh kind of find your respite for your music and we'll explore your music a little bit too but is that kind of a that because that fits the style of your americana sound
5: oh yeah you know it's kind of funny uh, i i was drawing and painting old old farmhouses and old barns and now i basically have them all around me you know that i've kind of built and constructed and whatever else and and uh the two kind of inspire one another The the art and the music, they come in hand in hand. And a lot of it was from travel originally, but now I'm like living in the middle of it all. And, uh, it's, it's a very, very sacred place for me. Uh, I don't want to leave it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do sometimes, you know, to go out and do my shows and things. And because of COVID in, in, in a slightly positive side, I've been able to spend a massive amount of time here, uh, where before I was running all over the place, you know, trying to do shows, uh, commuting to, to Chicago to teach still, and, and uh, also coming back here to get my respite, you know, every week. And, and so it was uh, hundreds of thousands of miles <laughs> on the van and uh, and a lot of driving. And so it's been kind of a nice slowdown and a, and a great place to come and, and, yeah, to do work, to, to uh, be inspired by the area, to write music, to record music. I have a, a barn that I've built a couple of years ago just over to the other side of the property and that's kind of my recording space, you know. I won't call it a studio because it's it's more of a space to do music in, you know?
0: <laughs> a studio is whatever space you can do it in. I'm doing it in this right. this show in my photography studio set this little studio up. So there
2: you go. You, you have the gathering place for other musicians to come and just play? I mean do you have those
5: we're trying to work to that. My wife and I we have this, you know, kind of pie in the sky idea of having a having having get togethers and uh there's a really cool community in this area, uh, art and music. And a lot of people are trying to do their original folk music. There's also a really uh dense old time music community in this area, which I'm trying to slowly kinda learn and get myself into. Because I'd love to have square dances and old time jams and uh, you know, have a, a folk singer come out on a Sunday and, and play. Um, you know, and maybe even a little festival once a year, or something like that, something small. Um, but uh, yes, we're, we're trying to work towards <laughs> some of that as well, as we get all the other little things built on this property. So
0: besides remodeling your house, what kind of woodworking do you do?
5: Well, I just kind of do anything out of necessity. You know, I mean, I built a lot of uh, out structures on this, this property, a couple sheds and you know, a lot of things here and there, uh, when something needs to be repaired, I try to do it as best I can, you know. I'm not necessarily a wood carver or a you know, dovetail joint box maker, but I, I, I learned from building skateboard ramps, you know, pretty much as a kid. And, you know, it's about the same uh, uh, technology, I guess you'd say, <laughs> same techniques. I try to do my best and make this make the stuff sturdy. So, in
2: a lot of your videos, there are all these quilts. Are they made by local artists? Do you pick them up vintage? Do you, oh, yeah, do, well, you do you make them?
5: My wife uh, has a, a vintage uh, clothing uh, kind of store, if you would, virtual store. Uh, it's uh, called Driftless Artifacts on Instagram. It's at Driftless Artifacts, and uh, so we we go around junking. We go around to estate sales and and wherever we can to try to find things that are laying under, under the heap, you know, at, at the garage sale. And uh, so we find a lot of really cool old quilts, uh, you know, vintage clothes, uh, farm, uh, farmware, workware, things like that. And that's the stuff that we're both kind of obsessed with. And uh, and it's, it's a lot of fun, you know, to search the stuff down. Most people think it's a pile of rubbish in the corner of the barn or the garage or up in the attic, but it's like kind of blue gold to us, you know, so... <laughs> We're always looking for that kind of stuff.
2: So when you, and I know it's been a while since you've been out performing, but can you kind of give us an idea of what a show is like? Is it music and stories and, I well, don't know,
1: just curious.
5: Yeah. To me, I think a great show would be, well, perfect show is probably listening room style audience where they're attentive and enjoying it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, a lot of storytelling, uh, with, with along with the songs, along with the music, uh, kind of giving a little bit of a backstory and, and, you know, you try to get to know the audience a little bit and feel them out and see what they're going to maybe respond better to, you know, before. And you so what
2: were there. the, what were the European audiences like compared to the American audiences? Did you?
5: Yeah, well, how- uh, I've done about five tours in Europe and the first couple times I, I want to say that they were, the, 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 crowds were like so enthralled. <laughs> with with me and some of the other musicians I was touring with that they came and it was it was like a, a breath of fresh air for them you know and then more and more and more of us kept coming I think from the same kind of circuit we were on and then after a while they were kind of like eh. and so then I got I kind of moved out beyond that area and it was the same thing it was like a, the first exposure I think is a really great one um you know like anything else and a lot of times, uh, you know, there, there is this kind of mystique of American culture and things. And, and so they hear about it. They love it. They want to they want to have a little piece of it. And then when they get a chance to hear like a folk singer, it, it you can you, you give these you get these really honest responses that just blow you away. And it's just like, oh, my goodness, they, they know exactly where I'm coming from. They've studied this stuff. They know all the music that came before that I love so much, whereas in, in, in this part of the country where it originally came from uh you know a lot of people don't even know what it is you know and they just they they don't even know what you know uh Andy Griffith was now you know a lot of people used to say that oh you sound like Andy Griffith or something you know (laughs) like that or you know because they could relate to a tv show but that show's so old now that you know a lot of folks have nothing to relate to it sadly but uh it, it you know but you do get this other underground crowd that that knows a lot about the history and and so forth and and so if you're lucky enough to get a few of those folks then hopefully you can do well for them.
2: (laughs) Well, yes. I mean, it's like an, it's an ear. It just seems like when I was growing up, we had an ear for Appalachian music. I mean, because it was so much more prevalent and, Mm -hmm. and, um, and it's not so much now.
5: No, no. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's something that, like I said, I mean, there is a, a, a hardcore group that are into it, but, but they might be so into it that that they can't enjoy it because you're not doing the proper technique. And now you've insulted me, you know? (laughs) And it's like, Oh my goodness, I'm sorry. You know? Uh, but other folks kind of like maybe what I was kind of feeling what you're saying too, is where you, something strikes you inside, you feel it in your bones and you know, you like it. And it might be some old knowledge and now you're responding to this, thing that you're hearing and you're like oh my goodness this sounds like home to me i don't know why i can't i am not even from that area what, what is this coming you know so i think it's in the air and a lot of people have heard it have felt it and it's something that uh can make people feel really good you know when they hear it
0: you know you have a uh, five full-length albums and 13 uh, uh eps out there and uh i does this new calico blue album uh represent uh, your sixth album yeah
5: i think it's six seven something like that and and yeah i lost count. A lot of them are out of print now, but, uh, yeah, so I have four currently available. I'm still allowing the public to <laughs> want or not want you kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. The Calico blue, I just dropped it. Uh, I think this last week, um, it was a group of songs that I recorded towards the end of 2020. I was kind of working really hard on that group of songs all through COVID lockdown. And, uh, then I you know kind of spent some time deciding if I was gonna put it out or not and all that and finally here it is it's out so.
0: well let's let's we, we want to hear some of the samples from calico blue which is available on bandcamp blueshields.bandcamp. Uh and you can find that but uh, let's talk about the first song that we want to talk about is old time Way. set that up for us and we'll take a listen to that
5: yeah old time way is a group of heroes from the past they're all anonymous and it's heroes of uh, uh, folks that might have done something really amazing for people in a small town that maybe the people didn't like because of the way they looked or the way they talked or who they were, but then suddenly this person saved their life, you know, and it was like this kind of deal where it's like, oh, my goodness, Fred McIntyre just jumped off the bridge and saved everybody from a fire, you know, that kind of thing. And so it's got a little bit of a uh, kind of backstory that maybe you don't want to hear you do want to hear, but that's that's old-time way, and it's kind of like this idea of, Uh, people that you know are really there to help folks
0: take (laughs) well let's go ahead and take a listen to it that's an old time way on uh, Blue Shield's new album uh, Calico Blue. Lou Shields on his Calico Blue album just released, Old Time Way.
2: So, Lou, you said that it's like a compilation of a lot of people, but was there one person that you had in mind when you were first inspired to write the song? I mean, is there some personal experience?
5: Yeah, well, you know, I think, um, I guess it might have something to do with my, my, my current artwork that I do where there's, they're all anonymous people that are working class folks from, you know, that are we're in this vintage work where, you know, they're not necessarily from the nineteen twenties or thirties, but that they, they have that kind of vibe. They could be now, they could be in the eighties, but they're kind of stuck from that time, you know. And uh I feel like they're anonymous people who work really hard and did their their, their job all day to, you know, to provide for whomever themselves or their family or whatever. And and they also love to play music and you know, they didn't get famous, they weren't you know, quote unquote, important. They weren't the it people, but they were important. They did something, you know, and they were kind of the pinnacle of the town, you know, once maybe they're gone and everybody realizes, oh my goodness, and so is missing, you know, and, you know, you get that kind of thing sometimes in, in our world and, and, uh, you know, good quality folks, I guess you might say, right? But,
2: so you've mentioned your artwork a few times. Can you describe um more like what is the medium you're
5: using and um yeah yeah well the last uh last five years or so i, I kind of moved to watercolor paper as is, is the the base and uh and i'm doing ink and watercolor um so it, it's a it, you know i don't know if they're paintings or drawings they're kind of both you know you might say a little mixed media and uh the subject matter has always been these kind of folky musicians, you know, or these working class people, whatever you want to say, maybe they're working on their farm or their garden or the car or whatever it might be. And and then they take their break at the end of the day. And they enter- entertain their soul with, with a little bit of music and, and uh, kind of put their sorrows out, you know, and do their thing. And uh, that that's, that's kind of been the, uh, the theme as it goes, you know, and, and as, I got more and more interested in the vintage work where I started kind of really trying to get into some of the details on some of those things, because once again, those are some forgotten relics, you know, of our past and, and uh, they're really beautiful, you know, when you look at all the mends and all the, the tears and then the repairs that they would have done back then that most folks today would never do. They just throw the thing out or send it to the Goodwill or whatever it might be and discard the garment as it as it would. Whereas in the past, you know, people always recycled, repaired, kept mm. going with it. Calico quilts, you know.
0: You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP, 103.1 FM, and on Lakeshore Public Radio, 89.1 FM.
2: I've seen some of the images of the repaired clothing. Now, does your wife do the repairs or somebody else, or do they come to you that way? Because they're very distinctive of, like, the way um in the japanese culture they would repair something i mean they're yeah. like beautiful
5: repairs yeah some of the stuff we find luckily is that way and i i actually do a lot of repairing and my wife does too so especially in the winter months when it's like you know so cold can't do nothing so that's the best time to, to get into that and uh, i've gotten we've gotten a few pieces that were so beyond anything and and we were lucky to revive them, you know, and the, the the shirt I'm actually wearing on the cover of calico Blue is a, a chin strap denim pullover, right? So it doesn't go all the way down the buttoning. It it stops about right around your sternum or so. And it, it was completely gone. There was nothing left. And I took two other shirts and I, I had to sew everything together and and slowly by hand stitch all the stuff. It took me like a week to put that thing back together, but it was like 20 below outside every day. So I was like, yeah, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's kind of fun to, to give them a little shape again. And, you know, you can give them a little more life.
0: It sounds like your lifestyle, your art and your music all kind of inform one another. And I'm looking at the next song that we're going to listen to cabin home again. Uh, I assume that's about, uh, uh, living in your cabin. So tell us a little about that and we'll take a listen to it.
5: Yeah, well, Cabin Home Again is is kind of about the current cabin that I have now and the one that I'm building currently on the other side of the property. Um, I took down an old farmhouse about three years ago. And inside of this farmhouse was an 1880s hand hewn log cabin. And uh, so I got that down and I got it back to my property and it was the wettest year on in history and the logs rotted uh, about 30% so i donated them to a place uh, out west of here and i had to start all over again uh, unfortunately but those logs were used for repairs on another building so at least they were put to some kind of good use so it's it's about like seeing one of these old houses that is coming down and maybe you know the family uh, just is just selling the land to get the money and and they don't care about the old house that great-grandpa had and whatever. And, and so it just turns into a, a burn pile pretty quick, you know. And, <laughs> and, I, and I saw that over and over and over again living in, you know, kind of Key area, you know, like where I was at. And uh, stuff just get bull, gets bulldozed, and the next year you'd never know that this homestead existed for 150 years, right? And, and so, uh, so, yeah. Yes. So you want to try to rebuild it. That's get good. It get it back.
0: So, <laughs> so uh, in memory of that Or in uh, uh, kind of a salute to that Here's Cabin Home Again Lou Shields on the Calico Blue Album Again, Lou Shields. uh, You can find his music on LouShields.bandcamp.com, and that's the Calico Blue album. So, um, getting to your professorship, you know, uh, and I know this year has been really tough with it. But uh, uh, what what courses do you teach in art? Uh, You know, what uh, levels and things like that, which is another part aspect of the whole Lou Shields uh, universe
5: here. Yeah, I used to do uh, drawing and and painting, and in a lot of the studio courses. um, But in the recent last so many years, I've been mostly doing uh, art history classes and art appreciation. Um, And I get a lot of art appreciation students. And those particular students generally aren't art majors, they're just getting introduced to it, you know, and it's kind of fun class to teach because a lot of folks, they don't know too much about art, they might have heard the name, you know, Van Gogh or something like this once, and and that was about it. So then you kind of turn them on to these things. and, And just turn the lights on and say, check this out. Look, look at that. You don't have to like it, but you can like this one. How about that one? You know, and you just kind of uh, really try to bring a bunch of work to show them and give them a little backstory and expand their, their knowledge a little bit and hopefully their curiosity, you know. And in the end, maybe they they are like a little opened up more, you know, and, and they want to go and learn more. And, uh, go to an art gallery. Go,
0: go to an art gallery. Damn.
5: Right, right. Really I know I, I,
0: I taught a theater appreciation class for a few years at college mm. level. And the I think the majority of the people were not even uh, necessarily arts majors. And uh, so what I told them, I said, I wanted them to become critics. And so the, the kind of the courses, and, and a lot of them were working people, so I couldn't really have them go see actual live shows. So that was the preference and I arranged for that, but I have them do critique of things and come back and with a written critique. And sometimes it would have to be a television show though. I preferred like a full length feature film, but at, actually some of them came out and says, you know, I now have a new appreciation. I know, you know, that you hear the terms, protagonist, antagonist, and I said identifying those things, but yeah, that, that, that's what you're doing is much away in art is they sometimes will come out and say, you know, I never even thought about art and it's in their universe.
5: Yeah, right. Yep, yep. And, and suddenly now they're maybe becoming an artist. And, <laughs> oh my goodness, right? <laughs>
0: well, the next song we want to hear is Harder Than the Easy Way. So let's hear a little bit about that.
5: Well, that tune's a lot about, you know, putting in the time, putting in the work and and doing the best you can. You know, I guess a lot of folks are saying you're not supposed to say work hard anymore, but but I still come from that idea of putting in the time and, and, and effort and energy and it's not and it's just like the, the title says it's it's not always the easiest way of doing things but sometimes you know you might pay off a little more for you later in your soul and all that if you don't sell out and become this or that you know in the end <laughs> yeah
2: it takes uh, more than a to become a master craftsman
5: right, right. And in the music world the art world i mean you can very easily do some things to make money quick and then then you're done that's it you've already you know it's over but if you have this lifelong love of it and so forth and you're always going to be kind of chasing that next you know little thing that little inspiration that spark and continue to do your, what you do
0: let's take a listen to harder than the easy way Lou shields new album calico blue Shields, again, uh, from his Calico Blue album. So tell us about the instruments. I I said them at the top of the the show, but uh, tell us a little bit like the resonator guitar, banjo, all the things that you do to uh, make your music, because you're really kind of a one-man band.
5: Yeah, I play uh, um, a 1931 uh, national guitar, uh, but it's actually a Sears and Roebuck national guitar, which is (laughs) an interesting story. (laughs) So in that year, they made 400 of them and marketed them through the Sears Roebuck catalog. And uh, it was the only time they did it. They, and the, the only difference between the normal national guitar, if you're familiar with the brand, is they didn't put the brand sticker on it. And they added a different serial number in the cover plate over the resonator on the body. So this is a metal bodied guitar that I'm talking about. Uh, was a little different than the standard. Um, but the cool thing was that those catalog uh, from that early period was that a lot of rural folks were able to order instruments that way. Uh, a lot of folks that wouldn't even be allowed in a store at that time, you know, were able to purchase items and gain them, uh, get them to their, their homes uh, in that way. So there's, there's some interesting stuff about that, that, you know, it wasn't always the, the you know, the, maybe the city slicker, you might say, or whatever, that could get their hands on anything, you know. Uh, was maybe a little harder for for someone living way out in the sticks and so uh you know this this guitar traveled pretty far and wide and it's 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 been heavily used and abused you know uh, the fellow i got it from uh got it from a western swing player and it was in a bag all in pieces in the, the neck was sticking out and he traded two fiddles for it and uh <laughs> put it all back together and played it for about 20 years and uh he kind of sent it to me and, and uh you know I got it all fixed up again. I had to get it completely rebuilt and a lot of different things were needing a lot of total repair. And I took it to the best repair shop in in, in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and and they were like, No way, this is junk. And I took it to another friend of mine in Milwaukee, old string old time strings guitars, if you look at him on Instagram at old time strings guitars, and uh he totally repaired this thing, put it all back together, got it working, and it's it's an amazing instrument. So I'm very lucky to have it now and uh, happy to be playing it, you know. Um.
0: You're listening to Art on the Air, WVLP 103.1 FM, and on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM.
2: So at Paul Henry's, did you ever meet Mike Owens, who also plays Resonator oh, yeah. beautifully?
5: I unfortunately never got to meet him yet. Uh, Jim Quattrocchi has told me all about him many times and I'd love to hear him play. I've seen some of his videos, really great. Oh,
2: he's fabulous. He was like, um, he played at our our gallery every month,
5: generally, oh, cool. and oh yeah. my
2: gosh, he developed quite a fan club.
5: Oh, that's awesome, yeah. They're fun instruments. They really they really do have a unique sound and and, uh, and and everybody kind of plays them a little differently, which is kind of fun, you know, they have a voice inside of them, and you just got to find it, you know.
0: <laughs> your other instruments, banjo and uh, some of the other things you do, harmonica, tell us about how all those incorporate into your whole— Making
5: your
2: own percussion.
5: Yeah, yeah play a, uh, play a, a Mark Bark, uh, Mark Ryder uh, Vega banjo, Vega-style banjo. It's kind of a 1920s-style uh, five-string, very typical plain-Jane banjo. But it's been for about five, six years, and I've never had to do a thing to it because it's, it's just, like, very well-made. This guy in Lansing, Michigan makes them. And uh, so that's that's my banjo, and, and I kind of uh, really learned banjo completely by ear. I, I that was my secondary instrument, and so I have, though, you know, gone in and, and tried to learn some traditional old time uh, ways of playing banjo. You know, didn't, uh, you know, you might say overhand or claw hammer because people like to argue about how to say that or frailing they'll argue all day about which one you want to say and two finger and all these different styles and you know sawmill and you know double c and tuning and all this kind of but you know i just really when i'm performing my stuff i like to just do what i do and so uh sometimes people are like oh my goodness he's not playing the proper technique and you know that it's it's just it's my music it's you know what i do and and so I kind of uh, came up with my own style of playing, I guess, banjo and kind of guitar a little bit, you know? And, and so uh, I have a lot of fun, uh, you know, just trying to write songs and, and making that happen and making the sounds happen that I need. I used to use a lot of foot percussion. Um, nowadays I kind of have a, a really good stomp box that keeps a, <laughs> a nice steady bass. And that's about all I do with that anymore. Um, but I used to kind of use a lot of homemade handmade things that I was trying to build and do, you know, uh, back in the day, um, to keep the rhythm. But I kind of found that just maybe a steady beat of bass is about all I need.
0: (laughs) Before we get to your next song, have you ever collaborated with uh, other musicians to play like collectively, or you just like your one-man band style?
5: Always just kind of a solo artist, you know, Mm -hmm. as I do. Um, I have like this tremendous phobia of playing with other people. I have a hard time, anxiety, and so forth. And I'm comfortable with what I'm up to when I'm when I'm just there on the stage and I got all my stuff ready to go but then when you start adding people together I I start freaking out and have to run away
0: (laughs) (laughs) well tell us about the next song we want to listen to off of your album it's called walk along the river
5: yeah this one's just a great kind of summertime song I guess you might say uh you know living in the midwest we're dealing with these four seasons every year and and Winter seems like it's the main season, right? And it's just cold, 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 cold. And you want to get outside and so forth. And then when you finally get to that point, there's that week where it's maybe seventy-two degrees, <laughs> and you can really just kind of enjoy the, the nice sunshine and, and the, the, the cool water and all that good stuff. And then uh, when it gets really hot, then you just got to get into the river and stay in it and be wet and uh, cool off from the hot sun. You know, so it's it's kind of like this song about you know just getting outdoors and enjoying enjoying your, your Kickapoo River which is right down my way from, from me right now
0: <laughs> well let's go to take a walk along the river with Walk Along the River uh, Lou Shields from Calico Blue album which has just been released I know. Blue Shields and that's on his new Calico Blue album that's just released uh, June 2021.
2: Well you just took us along that summer experience. Do you have any vivid memories or atmospheric kind of things that, um, like what's your most vivid childhood experience? Like I know I have a few with my grandfather.
5: I'll I'll try to keep it short and quick here but uh, it's kind of full circle for me because when I was a kid I used to come here where I'm at and play in the Kickapoo river, uh, near Ontario, Wisconsin, climb a bunch of stands sandstone bluffs and get all in all kinds of trouble that my parents didn't know. about. having so much fun with my cousins, you know, my aunt Nancy lived out here and uh, we'd come and visit all the time. And, and I think I chased the entire world trying to find this place again, where I'm at now, uh, going to Montana and getting out to the, you know, to the mountains and so forth. And, uh, that, that, that's some of some of the greatest vivid memories of discovering the outdoors and then now rediscovering them here again, where I live now and, and, uh, very happy to be here, you know, so it's kind of a weird deal, but it uh, made it back somehow.
2: No, yeah, That's so beautiful.
0: <laughs> yes, it is. Well, yeah, we want to know a little bit. Tell us about how people can find you on the web, uh, both your music and, uh, uh, your art.
5: Yeah. You can find me on Facebook, Lou Shields. You can find me on Instagram at Lou Shields, uh, my website is uh, Um My music is on Bandcamp. Uh, it's a pretty cool platform if you go to bandcamp.com uh, and type in Lew Shields, you'll find me on there. A lot of artists get lost on Spotify and don't get paid, you know, when you stream and things like that. But uh, Bandcamp, they actually, actually gets back to the artist, So it's a pretty good place to, to support uh, a musician if,
0: if you want to do that. Very good. Any final thoughts you want us to tell our audience about and any performances that you might have coming up?
5: Um, I've got a lot of stuff up here in Wisconsin. Um, um, Hopefully I'll get back to the region soon, someday, and uh, do some shows out out y'all's way. Um, But until then, you know, maybe I'll have to come down and do a backyard show or something.
0: Or when Paul Henry reopens, get you there.
2: Or you know what? The art barn.
5: There we go. Have
0: to find them. <laughs> oh, it's it's a great. I, I just had a a, a piece in an exhibit there. So, well, Lou, we appreciate you coming on the show. That's Lou Shields. Uh, he's an American solo music artist uh, from bringing music styles from uh, days gone by uh, with all the wonderful things. Uh, you can see his new album Calico Blue on Bandcamp, and uh, you can find him at LouShieldsArt.com. Lou, thank you so much for being on Art of the Year. Really appreciate it. Yeah,
2: thank you.
0: Thank you. To Art in the Air, and we'd like to thank our guests this week We're on WVLP 103.1 FM and Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM, our weekly program covering arts and arts events throughout Northwest Indiana and beyond. Art in the Air is heard every Friday at 11 a.m. and rebroadcast Monday at 5 p.m. on WVLP. Art in the Air streams live at wvlp.org and is rebroadcast on Monday at 5 p.m. Plus is also heard on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM every Sunday at 7 p.m. Also streaming live at lakeshorepublicradio.org and is available on Lakeshore Public Radio's website as a podcast. Our spotlight interviews are also heard Wednesdays on Lakeshore Public Radio. Thanks again to Greg Kovach, WVLP station manager, and Tom Maloney, vice president of radio operations for Lakeshore Public Radio. Our theme music is by Billy Foster with a vocal by Renee Foster. Art in the Air is supported by an Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project Grant and the National Endowment for the Arts. Underwriters for Art in the Air Walt Breidinger of Paragon Investments and Mary Levan Arts Patron. Art in the Air is always looking for financial support. We'd like to thank our current supporters. If you're looking to support Art in the Air... Esther and I especially would invite you to become an underwriter of this program in particular. We have information on our website at breck.com slash AOTA. You can find out support information there. So don't just be an art on the air listener. Become a supporter or underwriter in whatever amount you're able to do so. So we continue to bring you this great content and this great local programming. And like I say every week, don't give till it hurts. Give till it feels good. And you'll feel so good about supporting art on the air. Information about Art on the Air is available at our website, breck.com slash A-O-T-A. That's breck, B-R-E-C-H dot com slash A-O-T-A. That includes a complete show archive, spotlight interviews, plus our show is available on multiple podcast platforms, including NPR One. Please like us on Facebook, Art on the Air, WVLP, for information about upcoming shows and interviews. If you're interested in being a guest or sending us information about your arts, arts related event or exhibit, please email us at aota@breck.com. That's a o t a at breck b r e c h.com or contact us through our Facebook page. Your hosts were Larry Breckner and Esther Golden and we invite you back next week for another episode of Art on the Air.
2: Aloha everyone, have a splendid week.
1: Express yourself through art. And show the world your heart. Express yourself to art and show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Mary. Art on the air today. Stay in the know with Mary and Esther. Art on the air our way. Express yourself to art and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art And show the world your heart Express yourself